0: Welcome to Be The Light Podcast. This podcast is about building a momentum of positive change and healing in you by shining the light on teachers and the wisdom they have to share with us to help us to remember our inner light and to continue to grow. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. Thanks for joining me today. Today's guest is Paul Dunn. Paul's been practicing and performing reiju and traditional Japanese esoteric meditations for himself and others since 2001. He believes in living life based on simple precepts. Just for today, do not anger, do not worry, be humble, be true to your way and your being, show compassion to yourself and others. In today's conversation, Paul is sharing about Reju as a way to self healing and empowerment. Thanks, really, mm-hmm. for um, agreeing to be on this podcast. I'm I'm so excited about um, your work and you know who you are and uh, what you're sharing. So, I'd like to talk to you about um, Reju healing today in your mm-hmm. practice and what you're So, tell me about Reju healing.
1: <laughs> about the concept or about the business or got to be specific.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Got all of it. Um, So,
0: Your practice. What do you, what do you, uh, tell me about your
1: practice. I've been practicing Reiki for a while and, um, through my practice, um, and working with the system and the elements of Reiki, The precepts and the meditations and the mantras and the symbols and the Reju. And through my practice, I feel as I've personally developed, uh, I find that, uh, you know, we can have hands on healing and we can do mantra work and we can focus on the the precepts. Um, But I find the Reju for me, I have quite a uh, quite a deep there's something about it for me personally that I find is can be utilized not just for as an attunement or um from teacher and student um but also it's when you go into that space or the space that that invokes i think is also very healing and very empowering and uh, traditionally in japan um these rituals that Specifically, used in reju, uh, Reiki in a specific way can also be used as blessings and for healing and for other things. So for me, I just feel like it's a natural progression to start to utilise the reju space for healing uh, and self- empowerment. so that's what i'm what I do for myself personally as part of my practice, and it just made sense to me that it should also be what i'm what I can offer to others as well as a service. so. Uh, that's what I do. That's wonderful. It's
0: yeah. um, I I like that you're you're really focused on Reju and you're you're kind of being true to your way and your being. Mm. I think it's kind of unusual because most people who practice Reiki or share um, from that system with others are focusing on hands-on healing, mm-hmm. right? So it just is um, and. Um, I think it's wonderful that you're really called or that Reiju resonates with you more. So mm. to, can you explain about Reiju a little bit? Like specifically, what does it mean? And
1: Yeah, so it's, it translates as uh, spiritual blessing or energy blessing. Um, but really what I think it's about is through the practice of Reiki and it's really about remembering or connecting with your true nature, your true self. And when you perform a Reju for a student in a Reiki concept, um, you're really just connecting to your true self and allowing that energy or facilitating a space that then allows the student to have a direct experience of their own true self. And in that space, there's really, it's, it, there's no giver, there's no receiver. It's really just a very open space where hopefully you can strip away your worry and your, your anger and you feel much deeper connection to your, your true nature. And within that space, then um, you can both have a much honest, more honest and direct experience of what, that, what it really means to, to just be that great bright light. So I utilise that um, it within a healing and blessing element because I think that when you really go into that space and you are that true nature, then really what le- what is there left to do? And that really there isn't anything to do. It's just about being in that space, and and at that point, then why 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 not? dedicate that space to someone else for their own self-healing and then allow that person, hopefully, to have a direct, very direct experience of their true nature and then to self-heal and, um, or be, feel more empowered within that space to help support their spiritual practice. Mm. Mm. That's
0: nice. That uh, can just overflow. Right? Yeah. And the Reiki blessings or that, that your true nature, being in your true nature, in overflow to bless other people
1: is that correct yeah uh it's kind of like a resonance i guess there's a i think it, our teacher franz often talks about primordial lineage and i think we all within us have this great bright light or this beautiful space and i think at a very deep level we all recognize that within each other so when when we can go into that space um, it's a unified experience where it can easily i think create a yeah it, it brings it brings brings you together in a very deep primordial uh space that is recognized at a deep level and can then come through into your current state of consciousness and use it more easily yeah kind of hard to explain
0: yeah, it is. It's hard to explain. You did a great job. <laughs> it's,
1: it's something that you have to have a direct experience of and I think that's that's why I do it. I I, I why I keep it for myself and yeah. um I don't yeah, and I just think it's a beautiful thing and, and then whether it's to support someone's own spiritual practice or they just want to have, a, you know, have a deeper connection with themselves or they might be looking for some clarity in their life. Mm. they can help with all of those things or self-healing and Um, You know, the traditional roots of Reiki are and can be found in esoteric Japanese Buddhism and and that Japanese Buddhist practices are based on Mahayana Buddhism, which is very much about service to others and self-compassion and compassion to others and so I just think it makes sense that why that it needs to be shared and I I just feel that that's where I'm at and that's my purpose, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think so grateful to you that you're li- really like listening to that and continue to let it let it flow and and kind of going with it, you know, going for it. It's not always easy, I think, to to listen to those um, truths about yourself too. And and when you want to share, that impulse to share, I think, is very genuine and really beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so thank you for doing that. I was lucky enough to um, receive some ratios <laughs> from you. <laughs> And and it was, you know, it's very, it's wonderful, what a gift, um, just to kind of, you know, really let go and to, um, it feels more to me like um, very opening, very kind of like um, non-duality, you know, you just feel mm. like you let go of your own I, mm. you know, in that space and it's no longer your own little self, but so much more, you know, and just being able to be in that space is, um, of peace and healing is such a gift. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think the more we practice and can connect with that space, the more we can carry that through in our daily lives. And I think that's ultimately what, you know, for me, that's, that's the ultimate aim. It's, it's not to sit in a cave or to, you know, be in that space and not be able to, Interact with my life or with other people, but to ultimately just have that resonate through my daily life. So, mm. um, I think that's important. And, and yeah, it's nice to be able to share that space and give people a glimpse of that. And um, yeah,
0: yeah, because then they can also uh, let that peace and healing resonate in their lives, right? And if you then it's just like um, a domino effect, <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all connected, and I think that when you can really connect to that space and feel, you know, the no worry, no anger, being true to yourself, then the, the, that somehow resonates with everyone and everything because it, it, it's within everyone and everything. Mm. So it's like you know you ring a bell and a bell, another bell in the room starts to vibrate. You know, mm. it's very similar.
0: Yeah, it feels good. It feels really good. Mm. So, do you think that um, can we talk a little bit about like Raigyu and meditation? Is there the connection between those two? Or
1: I think so. I mean, I think Raigyu is a meditation. Um, it's a state of mind, and a lot of meditation is about state of mind. Um, you can have, I mean, you can delve into to, to mantra work as well, but in a way, <laughs> Reju comes about through that practice. Mm. So even though it can be seen as a ritual, um, it takes dedicated practice of meditation and you know, mm. chanting and doing specific practices to really foster that space and to help it to grow and to strip away the fear and the worry and the attachment to be able to go deeper into that space. So I think you can't really have one without the other and they're really interconnected. Mm. Um, And that's not to say that uh, people can't have a very, Direct experience or a very in, interconnected experience within their heart with other other people, but I think the meditation practice just really helps uh, take it take it deeper. Mm. Um, and because coming, if you want to facilitate or you want to sit within the rage space, I think you it, you know you also need to come from a space of wisdom and grace. Mm. And it's the meditation practice that really helps to cultivate that. Um, because we can all feel connected to people, but it, we we can also be connected and still have worry and fear and attachment. And uh, yeah. then yes, yeah, it's just a different different way. And I think without the worry and the fear and the attachment, and being able to sit in a in a space of wisdom and grace, uh, yeah, it's 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 less adulterated, and you can go go much deeper and mm. have have a. Different experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. When you meditate or you chant, you're practicing. You're really. um, You are um, becoming more the precepts.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You're stirring up your shit and you're you're (laughs) moving it on and not all not, not all rainbows and unicorns. You know, like you. (laughs) <laughs> do the work and there you look at all you know a lot of traditional most traditional practices in the east or wherever you know the practitioners who are able to share that space and that and help others to go into that space they they commit their lives to a very you know to a to lifelong practice and mm. it requires work and it requires commitment and um, a lot of sitting on your butt meditate as you know and there's no you know some people might have more of a a unique connection to that and maybe are able to connect to that naturally mm-hmm. out of the box but we're all with there's, there's nothing special about it mm-hmm. um we all have the potential we all have the the ability to go there um but, but you have to just do the work. Yeah. And it it can be hard and it's it's I've been practicing, I've been meditating for, you know, a couple of a few years now and it definitely wasn't easy to begin with, and it's not even easy now. You're always challenged with stuff that comes up and you know, your ego is just can can be out of control because even when you start to you might have some certain experiences and you want to Hold on to those experiences or attach to them, or try to recreate them, and really you're just getting distracted from what you're trying to achieve ultimately. So yeah, you're constantly having to check yourself and and uh, but that's what the meditation is good for it. That brings you back that so you just do the work and you do the work and you it just gets you just go deeper and deeper, and then it, it it can get a little bit easier to to really go into those spaces, you know, of you and that interconnected space you know like distance healing and if you really do the work you have can if you start to have the direct experience of interconnectedness or non-duality then yeah you remember that space more and more and it's just easier to go into that space with the support of your meditation practice
0: Mm, beautiful yeah yeah I think they're they're also interconnected right if you meditate, then you can practice Raju easier if you practice mm. Raju, it's actually easier to meditate you know <laughs> if you chant it's easier to practice Raju you know all those things so
1: yeah good. yeah, and I think you you, you need to do the pre work first you know and you, you don't you don't learn Raju when Reiki one but no there's a lot of work you know you you've, you've got to really just develop a connection with yourself first and so that you can allow that space to, to, to grow. You have to foster Mm -hmm. that and, um, yeah, but with practice and, and commitment, it just becomes a natural part of the process.
0: Mm. Is, um, and you, um, sorry. Sorry, I just got lost there for a second. <laughs> in, the <clouds. laughs> in the clouds. Here they are. <laughs> um, so like uh, you, on your website, you talked about a little bit about the roots of Reju too. I was thinking, I mm-hmm. you know, I've been thinking a lot about Macau Sui too, and um, how he used to just sit across from somebody and just be in that open space. And that's really mm-hmm. what you're kind of talking about is that you know, just being able to be in that space more and more of healing and peace—it takes practice. It takes the work, the dedication, the sitting—you know, the all of those things—so that you can be more and more your true true nature in your life. Yeah. But do you can you talk about Reju and Kaji, Mia, uh, a little bit—the <laughs> roots of Reju?
1: Um. Yeah, sure. The so traditionally in um japanese esoteric buddhism there's a ritual called kaji Um, and kaji my understanding can be used as a spiritual blessing uh, of empowerment and or for healing specifically um so and you know the the, the, protect, the practitioners that that do this specific ritual, they they commit their lives to their practice. You know they they live in temples and and they have very dedicated practices. And I'm I'm not definitely not claiming that. Well, I I don't know how to perform a Kaji because it's a very different thing. But um, you can when you experience Kaji for yourself. I've I've received Kaji from a few um, priests and when you look at the practices within the system of reiki you can really start to feel and see the connection between the two things and um and it's really just about that practitioner going into that primordial that true self space where they are one with you know the the, their buddha nature Mm. and from that space and they can then perform healing or blessings on others um it's a very beautiful and profound experience um and you can just really feel the commitment and the, the dedication of the practitioners that perform that um, and we're starting to see now through uh through research through the research that franz uh has been doing um that Really, I think this, uh, Asui took, put together the system of Reiki through from specific practices of Shigendo and uh, Mikyo or esoteric Japanese Buddhism. And you can really see the connection between the practices and how they are leading towards a very certain, fostering a very specific experience that um, you can see and feel in the Kaji ritual when it's been performed um and i and very much so also in reiki i think they're very closely linked mm. um, yeah
0: thank you thank you but can i also ask you um, how you started practicing reiki because we've never actually talked about it, <laughs>
1: sure. how did you um, like it? <laughs> i'm originally from new zealand and i moved to australia In 2001, and at the time, yeah, I was really searching for something. And uh, I had friends in New Zealand, very dear friends, who were into Reiki, and I'd experienced it a few times. And I had had experiences of my own where I just felt, you know, sometimes my hands would get hot when I touched people. And um, people would always comment about, you know, if I was giving a friend a massage or something about my hands or how it felt and it um putting the ego aside of that because i was like oh you know that feels great i was like oh, okay cool I just i guess yeah there was something within me that was really searching for something um, and reiki was kind of the only thing that i really knew about at the time that i could connect to hands-on healing um so yeah i i jumped online when i once i moved to melbourne started looking for a course to do and i looked at a few courses online and i found the international house of reiki and um yeah just something felt right about their course it's been really comprehensive and i just love the style and the the words and i booked a course and that was the, the beginning of my reiki journey and that was in 2001 and I was quite fortunate at the time. You know, Franz was living in, um, Franz and Bronwyn were living in in Sydney and they had a, a center in Sydney, but um, they would often come to Melbourne as well, quite regularly for the courses. So um, I got to sit the courses and reset the courses on a regular basis. So, it was, you know, I think they used to come to Melbourne maybe every two months for a while there in the early days, which was great, you know, and, yeah, I just worked my way through and did the practice and through the course and the levels and as you do. And and then after a while, you know, just the more you practice on yourself, the more for a while there it was very, you know, very externalized. I didn't really, I remember my, the first time I sat a Reiki course and I was like, I've got no idea what's going on here. <laughs> okay. I can't feel anything and everyone's having these experiences and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um but I really, yeah, it's something just kept kept me there and kept me coming back and um yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. Have you seen a lot of um changes in yourself over time?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I was a mess. I mean, I I, I came to Australia. And, you know, it's a, in retrospect, you know, it's easy to look back on your life and see how you've changed what it has been for me. And, oh, yeah, I was an emotional wreck, you know, and over the years, it's taken years, years of practice. And because when you first start, I, I, I had a, I've got real problems with myself self discipline at, at the beginning. And, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, yeah, no, I, I practice Reiki or uh, at the beginning, you know, I, I do these meditations. But in reality, it's hard to get the momentum. You know, it's hard to get mm-hmm. into it, and um, so it took me a couple of years to really see the benefit.
0: Mm,
1: it takes time. To feel the benefit, and to to develop a, a, a to start to you know, it takes a long time to. For For me personally, and you know, everyone's different, but it took me a while to really i guess cut through mm. my fears and my my worry and my angers and mm. and start to get a real glimpse of myself or reestablish or re or start to remember who I really am and and think about when was the last time I felt that way, you know maybe as a little kid or mm. and that's when the the sort of diamonds and the rough started to come through and I got more and more inspired then to practice more. And I mean, I could honestly say today that if I hadn't have found the practice and I hadn't have stuck with it, then I'd be in a very different space. You know, I don't know whether I'd even still be on the planet or yeah. who who really knows, but um, I, I remember a really beautiful moment. My dad, mm, I don't know how many years into the practice it'd been, but I, my dad's not sort of big on expressing a you know emotion. Or he was raised in a sort of that sort of more older school, you know, style. And and I just remember one day he said, you know, I don't know what it, I, I don't understand what you do, but I can I can see the change in you. Like I can see that you've got your you've got that glimmer in your eye back and that was that was just huge for me you know because it would have taken my dad a lot to find the words to be able to express that and um even though he doesn't understand it and wasn't really into it and you know it's not like he practiced it but if he could see the change in me and i think it really hit home how maybe how how bad a state i was really in because I was living with them when I first moved there, and I was pretty depressed and um, yeah, so it's changed my life. it's absolutely changed my life it's, it's very transformative, and but you're not gaining anything, you're just remembering stuff and all, and you're really letting stuff go, you know mm-hmm. it's not about developing superhuman powers or <laughs> you become, you just become truer. You just become less, less burdened by your own shit and then the stuff that you've that you carry with you from your, your childhood and your journey. You know your attachment to things and experiences. So it's liberating, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very grateful. I've got an amazing teacher, and I've experienced amazing teachers and. And I'm really glad I stuck with it, you know? Yeah, me too, yeah. me too, thank you.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful, thanks for sharing. Okay. So, um, can you also share one, um, anything that, like the one thing that you liked about Japan the, from the uh, Japan trip or something that you learned? <laughs>
1: <sighs> so many things, they just, It's just the whole whole experience was amazing, and I've been thinking about going to Japan for a long time you know and i mean we we're both incredibly well we're lucky to have have you know the the time and the, the i mean Franz and just dedicated their lives to the research and you know Franz now you know has a teacher in japan he's been to Japan a few times and I'm surprised I hadn't gone earlier, to be honest. But I guess this yeah, it's much closer is to you. I mean, it's everything and yeah, um, so yeah, I knew I'd one day I'd get there, and that even just learning the practices and the the cultural context of those practices can't prepare you for the beauty and it's just such a different place, you know. I mean. I mean, I come from New Zealand. It's very really beautiful and it's on the Pacific Rim and I think there are a lot of similarities energetically. Um, the land, hmm. there's the fire and the water and the mountains and oh, so many things. Just the group straight away, just meeting the group, uh, feeling the energy when I landed off off the plane um, yeah. And and the landscapes and... And I just had so much synchronicity while I was there because you know I I went into that trip feeling a little bit jaded, with, you know, with my practice, and I'm just thinking, ah, oh, just looking for something, just just needing a little bit of something, you know. Sometimes yeah. you just a bit of inspiration, and because you know the practice is the practice, and often you can be practicing. the the practice the same practice for, for years you know and um you make peace with that because it it really just takes you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper but the trip just helped bring it all together in a way in a sense because i'd never you know experienced the japanese culture and then you really started to see how how sui well, maybe a little bit how he was thinking when you meet, you know, priests in Japan, and um, and then just the culture of the people themselves—they're very kind and um, polite, and but very committed to their culture. And yeah, it was beautiful, and we just went to some amazing temples and just had some amazing experiences, just feeling things. Um, and you can just feel the, the the dedication to the worship in those temples. You know the the energy that comes from the consciousness of thousands of human beings gathering to 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 connect to that space. And I mean, you can feel it a lot in old churches and stuff as well. But there was just something really special about about those places. And you know, it's important to not get too distracted by that stuff and to remember that that. What you're really searching for is within you not not external, but I think sometimes too it's really great to have those experiences and mm. some of the temples we went to and we went to this really beautiful temple I can't remember the name of the town but it was by the by the ocean and do you remember it
0: Atami. yeah, tree. And Tommy?
1: yeah Tommy.
0: it's the town we were in
1: yeah, and we went to that temple oh, after dinner land- and
0: with the the
1: giant tree and the lamp. Yeah, yeah. It was just all, it was the first time we'd been to a temple and on the trip mm. um, at night. And it was, there was no one around and everything's just beautiful lights, lamps, and just soft lighting and just this aesthetic, this beautiful aesthetic. Everything was, it was just, it wasn't particularly a warm night, but there was just a, a serenity about it all. And you could just feel the, energy you know and and everyone was respectful and we were just walking around and having a look and then we just found this beautiful big old tree that's supposed to be 2,000 years old and that gets used for healing rituals and yeah that that was sort of for me the start of the practice where I really connected to the space and the, the, the temple and and then, after that, you know we went to Nara and had an amazing retreat and yeah um well we we're yeah, very fortunate to have experienced um blessings and training from you know Takeda jari and that was amazing you know, i I didn't know that it was that well i kind of had had an idea that that might occur, but there was, nothing was locked in you know you can't be you can't be attached to that sort of thing and it yeah. occurred and that was beautiful, and his sincerity, and generosity, and and offering those blessings, and and then we went to the mountains in Kyoto, and had you know received a kaji from you know a marathon monk practitioner, and. That was amazing, too, and that was completely unscripted. We didn't know it was going to happen. We just thought we'd stand quietly on the temple grounds and be respectful and then maybe back away slowly, but you know we were very fortunate that we had Michelle with us, who one of the uh, people on the retreat who could you know speaks Japanese and reads Japanese and she's Japanese and she. You know, asked the guy, "Can we come in?" And we could come in, and it was like, "Okay, this is happening." And, <laughs> and it was a very tiny little temple, and we were all squeezed in there, and there were already a few people in there. And I thought, "Oh, are we even going to fit in the temple?" But we did, and and it was just beautiful. You know, the, the priest came in, and he his energy was just amazing. It's just this clarity and his presence, and he just seemed so focused. You know, he walked up the stairs and he walked in, and it's just, and it, yeah, it was beautiful, it was amazing, and and just the whole thing was just phenomenal, and it really re-inspired my practice, and um, perfect timing, you know, coming back and sort of putting a few things together with my business, and i um, really starting and and yeah. Think it's just it was perfect timing. Like I just nothing. I couldn't have asked for a more poignant experience. Mm. Then then coming back and and getting back to my practice and getting back into offering the reju as part of my my service to others and my business. So yeah. How oh,
0: beautiful. Was a, bit
1: a bit of a waffle wasn't it?
0: No. <laughs> you took us on the whole tour. It was really lovely. <laughs> yeah
1: fall down the rabbit hole you have to throw me what it is and pull me out.
0: <laughs> no it's lovely it was it was it was like a you know it was that primordial energy we got to really um, just be in that uh, our own great bright light for a long time and had a lot of mm-hmm. examples of that of people really being their true self um so yeah. it's a it's a huge blessing it's a huge blessing and I'm so happy for you, and i um, grateful that you know I got to chat with you today.
1: Thank you. Oh, the feeling is very mutual.
0: Is there anything else you want to share?
1: <laughs> well, I just want to say, um, express my gratitude for you having me on your podcast, and um, I knew of you through, you know, the community, but I'd never met you and I knew I was going to meet you on the trip and I'm glad that I did, you know, I think we have a, you know, a lot in common and yeah, it's been really lovely. And so I'm really grateful that you invited me on here to have a chat and to share my experiences and um, yeah.
0: Thanks, Paul. I think you're wonderful
1: yeah. too. <laughs> Thank you. Friends you for life, life, man. Friends for yeah, life. <laughs> absolutely. Um, that was something that I really, think I really take home for me is meeting practitioners who you know are really committed and dedicated to the practice, and, and that concept of sangha, you know, that concept of community and practicing together and everyone supporting each other in that practice and I think it really makes a difference it's very beneficial because you know know you, a lot of people who do Reiki or, or whatever but we all live in different parts of the world and we all do different things and when you meet a group of people that are really on the same page in that aspect it, it really helps you know it helps helps you do more practice and you get to share your experiences and support each other, and I think it's important. And I think what you do and the way you are with your community in Cincinnati and even in the, the international community, it's amazing. And you, you dedicate a lot of your time and your energy to that, and it's beautiful. And I think we're, you know, very honoured
0: for that. You. Thank you. Well, you're such a big part of it now.
1: <laughs> no
0: Reiki family all around the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have to come to the Cincinnati retreat one day. And...
0: Oh, man, that'd be awesome. You'll love it. <laughs> You'll love these people here. They're really
1: good, good people. Maybe when it stops snowing.
0: <laughs> we had like two snowflakes. <laughs> I was, you know, got to appreciate everyone. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. They're all unique. All right. Thank you, Maria.
0: Many blessings to you, man.
1: You too. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you, Paul Dunn, for being the light today and for sharing your wisdom and insight. If you want to find out more about Paul, you can find him at raiseyouhealing.com. That's R-E-I-J-U healing.com. Thank you for listening to the Be The Light podcast and for shining your light into your life, becoming part of this momentum of positive change and healing. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. You can find out more about my work at attuncincinnati.com.